Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Happy Monday. Hello again from Western <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, we're still here. Oh, we survived another apocalyptic windstorm yesterday. We went for a drive because we try to do that sometime, you know, over the the weekend. And so we went for this drive just at the beginning of when they were saying there's going to be a windstorm. Got about five miles out, stopped in and parked in a, um, there's a casino down the way in the parking lot. And then this, like, we're in the middle of the dust bowl. And so, like, this just wall of red nastiness just engulf us and and we're looking around and it's like i don't know if you've ever watched like those apocalyptic movies where everything in the air looks kind of orange and red so the only thing that was missing was missing was fire yeah we didn't see any fire and maybe thousands of birds that's true so and then all of a sudden it was kind of it was interesting um that you know we're just like it's really kind of eerie like we're in the middle of this just nasty movie and then all of a sudden it got dark enough that all of the the parking lot lights went on and it was just kind of for both of us it was like oh same storm different perspective not scary anymore (laughs) it was you know it just was it was kind of it we're always trying to look at things from a different perspective and you know a lot of things that we see that are scary if you look at it from a different perspective it's gonna it might have a completely different look to it yeah so it was when she says we're always trying to look at things from a different perspective what she really means is she's trying to get me to see things from her perspective (laughs) no it's really what i'm hearing right dude no (laughs) well but i have a different perspective so then then maybe okay okay yeah yeah. Yeah. we'll we'll go there um uh we have two wonderful guests for this today yeah i need i I will share with them i put a poll out there Mm -hmm. last week it kind of ties into the conversation day so we'll share that if we got it loaded we can get on the screen if not we'll just give the numbers but otherwise um we put a poll on facebook that kind of goes to the subject that we want to talk about today and so today this topic is absenteeism which is something that i've been curious about most of my business life like so I'll explain that when we get uh, Mark and Brent in here, but something that I've been interested in long before I was in automotive mm-hmm. and buy here, pay here. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm researching, I'm learning more stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I have a circle of, you know, influencers that we follow and learn new stuff. And so we're, we're trying to just share that with, um, you know, our audience today mm-hmm. to, to start think about, and, and the poll kind of affirms some of the things that, you know, we'd been kind of looking at. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's some good information. It's funny. Cause but just before Jim put the poll out there, I was like, all right, I'm going to give you my take about what will be, what will be number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two was like, ah, it could be between two or three different things. And, and I, we were right yeah. because he, he kind of had the same feeling that this was going to be the number one yeah. thing in this poll. So, and, you know, um, yeah. I'm a former dealer myself, Brent's yeah. been there. And uh, so let's bring in our folks, shall we? Yeah. So I just wanted to, to real quick say good morning to Shelly and to George as George well. And then, um, then let's, let's bring in, let's bring in our, our, uh, our distinguished. Esteemed, yes, yes. Our esteemed guests. Oh, both. Look at that. You guys yeah. got both. We'll let you decide which is which. <laughs> He's he's actually both. I'm neither. (laughs) Uh, I have to say before we get on the topic, because I'm like the newbie here and, you know, I enjoy listening to a good buyer payer conversation. Don't typically have a ton to add to the, you know, of like 
expertise, but just maybe good questions. Um, but I really have enjoyed both of you guys an awful lot when we've had the opportunity to talk to you They're or listen right. to the things that, yeah. and I just, uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is just me. I really enjoy both. Well, that's why we like Michelle more. Yeah, she was recently mentioned as a celebrity on one of the other podcasts. So, yeah, I get this part of how it happens. Uh, yeah. 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 So, no, listen, we uh, we're thrilled to have you guys here and we really have some some interesting stuff to talk about. And it's one of the topics that I I find myself contemplating often. You know, Brent, you and I had a conversation not long ago about businesses scaling. And so when we talk about this absenteeism, what's that look like? I always tell people, look, you'll probably never be fully autopilot on buy here, pay here. I'm sure you guys see that too. I've also shared over the years, like as a former buy here, pay here dealer myself, I said, you know, if my, my appetite for growth would be that I would never want to own an operation where the locations were less than an hour drive from my home. And I bet you guys can both answer why I might say that. Like I just, for me, that was the appetite <clears throat> beyond that. To me, it becomes a different animal and I'm not sure that's for me, but you can do absenteeism with multiple locations. So maybe just let me ask first, uh, for those who don't know, Brent, Brent Carmichael with NCM is a 20 group moderator now, 15 plus years. He was NCM. Jim's moderator way back he was, when, when he yeah. was a dealer. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned all the good stuff. And then uh, Mark Burkholder is joining from Peachtree Planning and a gentleman out of, out, out of Alabama that we we're fortunate enough to get to know a couple of years ago. And so he's added a lot of great things to the conversation. But Brent, for you first, I might just have you talk about, you know, for our listeners, what do you see when it comes to absenteeism and dealers' ability to grow to multiple locations and scale? Like what are you seeing some success stories? You don't have to name names, but. Well, and Jim, I was kind of like you. Uh, our locations were no more than 250 miles apart mm -hmm. uh, from the centralized because that was something we could get to and get back in the same day. So it's a mm -hmm. three-hour drive, spend a few hours, three-hour drive back so we didn't have to stay overnight. But um, I don't know that to me there's kind of a, a tipping point in you know, a lack of volume that yes, we can be a little more absent from our business than when it gets to scale, because once it gets to scale, the, the little mistakes add up in a real, real big hurry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more locations you have, the more people that are there. And again, Mark can, Mark can attest to this as well. The hardest lesson I learned as we were growing was the less I did day to day, the more valuable the business became. And that if my people were empowered and could make all the decisions and didn't need me, then we became more valuable as a business. And that's a real hard lesson to learn either as an owner operator or just a manager is, well, wait a minute, how, how am I more valuable if I'm not in the business? And Mark right. will tell you from, from probably being involved in quite a few uh, M&As and sales that, you know, if you're the owner operator and everything has to revolve around you, that does hurt the value of your business. So, you know, where that... Uh, to me, it's more of a personal choice. How much of a control freak are you? <laughs> I mm -hmm. guess when it comes to to the absenteeism part of it, right. I see guys to this day, dealers to this day, that have a phenomenal operation. They could probably take a month off and it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I see some, and, and Mark can attest to this as well, that if they ain't there from eight to five, Monday through Friday, the business will probably collapse. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's a real fine line to what works and what does not to me it's more of a personal choice to be honest with you than anything else 
Yeah. And I think uh, we'll bring you in here, Mark. I just think what yeah. you just shared there is kind of goes to the heart of what we expect to do with this event at the end of March. It's like you said, there's a fine line and I know that's absolutely true. And we want to try to define that line, like to help dealers make that step. If that's their goal, some of them may not have that desire at all. We're just trying to position people to, you know, be in, in the, and have the ability to grow to another level if that's what they choose or to do. Or just strengthen their business Yeah, overall. absolutely. Improve yeah. the operation yeah. as it is. So, yeah. Mark, your thoughts on that? Have you seen success stories out there? I think it's a lot easier for a retail person to separate uh, from their business and to, to remove a step away. Uh, I think the buy here, pay here is very intimate. Mm -hmm. um, and that owner almost doesn't live and die. That's an overstatement. But he really wants to process almost those transactions. Um, I was talking to my best friend in the world who owns a buy here, pay here uh, last night. Uh, he actually came over. <clears throat> and this is, we talked about this. Um, not He didn't know I was coming on here for this reason, but he's, he said, I would love the ability to step away. Yeah, um, I work at this six days a week, probably 12 to 15 hours a day, to be honest with you. He yeah. goes and buys and drives and goes to all the auctions and he feels the need or necessity. I'll take away the need, but almost the necessity mm -hmm. to be at his dealership, to put his eye on everything because he doesn't have a valued or a trusted person to fill his gap. Yep. Um, and, and last night, uh, what Michelle said in the opening, seeing it from a different perspective, mm -hmm. um, I was giving him a different perspective last night as not an owner, uh, but someone who talks to, you know, hundreds of dealers right. uh, through the course of a week is trying to give him different perspectives and different opportunities to maybe do exactly what Brent said is let's step away and maybe cut some strings of control and issue those bits of control to someone else. Now, whether or not you can mentally handle it, if you're a control freak, right. Well, you know, if, if you have a really good one, you know, those strings you want to cut, if you have a very well documented process or a system, or these are your rails and this is the stuff. And if it's within these rails, go the heck for it. And, you know, you don't have to include me, but I think that, I think that for those that are control freaks, as long as they're not in there micromanaging, but it's like, this is the rail and this is what I'll be auditing just to make sure that you're staying in the thing, doing yeah. the stuff in the right way. And then you have a little bit more. And, and it's, I think it's hard squirrel. <laughs> it's fun. It's kind of fun distraction. I'm sorry. All the laughter made me like lose my squirrel. Um, it, okay. That, that it is, you know, people say we don't have anybody, but how many dealers are developing their team? Because there's a lot of really good, talented people that may not be developed to be a manager, but they're there and, and it just requires you to develop them and then they can become that person that can take over for those duties. Yeah, most of us have seen some of that out there. And I think one of the things that is interesting about this poll, I don't, I don't think you've got it loaded up, right? We can't show it on the screen. So uh, I don't think it, so. And it came to email. Yeah. Uh, so. Let me just kind of give you gentlemen a, a, a snapshot of what this poll looks like. This is just one of the two Facebook groups. And I want to say there were around 70 respondents to the one I put up on Saturday. And the question reads like this, please pick only two. two. If you could only keep two of these functions in your buy here, pay your business, which would you most like to keep based on enjoyment? Not which is most vital to your business. Okay. 
And so, okay, well, just, 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 just okay. Well, it, 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 Jim, read, read them, and then I would love to hear your guys is like, what will oh, be yeah. the number one? Sure. I just, uh, yeah. Well, go ahead, Brent. What do you think is number one? What I would want to keep. Yeah, yeah. Which roles would you want to keep? Which functions? Well, I mean, if you're going to break it down, they're they're going to want something on the sales side or probably the buying of cars. Because most of the dealers I know really enjoy the buying of cars. Still, okay. the, the owner ops that still do that. I know what the, the least two would be right off the top. I mean, those are easy. They would be the collection side of the business and the shop. Those okay. would be the two they would give up right away in a hurry. Yeah. But I would have to say something. I mean, because they enjoy the sales side better. That, that's that's kind of the fun side, right? That's get to make the customer happy when we're selling them a car. We like buying cars. We like going to the auction. Yeah. Those would be... To me, it would be the top. Mark, are you in oh, a thousand? That's what he said last night. He said, I would love to step back. He said, but the, the joy or the thrill of purchasing uh-huh. and getting in, like he likes to, he goes to Atlanta, goes to some different, different auctions mm-hmm. that are a little bit from here, gets in his car, smokes a cigar, gets there. <laughs> it's just a relaxing time for him. And that's what he said. He goes, I enjoy that. Yeah. Said, I don't want to retire. I just want to be able to step back a little bit yeah. and enjoy my time as being a an older person, not older. I mean, he's in his mid fifties. Yeah. And, and there, there's yeah, a bit of a spread. That. There's a bit of a spread in here. And before Jim kind of just dives into this, it's, I, I, I found this really interesting. And I think Brent, from what you just said, you're going to find some of this like, Oh, really? Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. The, the results came back and I, this is typical for me. I forgot to even put service on the list. Like, but I did allow them to write in yeah. something if it was on their top two. They're only picking. No one wrote it in. Yeah, nobody so. wrote it in as a top two. Uh, but, but the by the by far the most was buying an inventory management. That was thirty eight percent of the people included that, and then it drops off to twenty one percent was financial tracking and analysis. So that surprised me. Like, if we're really talking about going through the financials and kind of that mm-hmm. part of it, so the other responses that I offered were uh, attention to scale, growth, and expansion. That came in at 15%. You want to know what was near the bottom? Underwriting, sales management, collections. So sales management isn't that too. our business? Yeah. Yeah. Sales management, <laughs> yeah. Underwriting. Everything and- that pays the bills, we don't want to do. I yeah. guess. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, but it's, I, I threw that out there thinking, and here's where it comes from. In fact, Michelle, before we go any further, if you wouldn't mind loading up, um, I put that um, the one Alex Hormozzi uh, video in the. Um, the it's it just taken us up. It's taken a second. Oh, Hold can't on. you do it from here? I put it in the. I put it. Yeah, in the I did. Material. I can. So I'm sorry. We're technical. Yeah, you're fine. So I'll go ahead and start to explain. Talking. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I you know in my a couple things in my business life before I ever was introduced to automotive, I was always interested in this. And one of the more fascinating things about business to me has always been, I've said it from a very young age and working with people. The beautiful thing about business is that you have the opportunity to create something that will create income, even without you standing in the building or in whatever that, you know, there's other ways besides, you know, brick and mortar to create a business. But, but if you think about um, a brain surgeon, and we had this conversation with Taylor Bird a while back. It's like, um, you know, you when you choose to be in this business, you have the opportunity to do something a brain surgeon can't do. A brain surgeon gets paid really well, but typically only when they're performing brain surgery. In our case, we have an opportunity to create a business that produces income for us even when we're not there. And that's always been the intriguing part about business in general for me. So now the question is, when you hear this Hormozy video, 
This is somebody I'm, I've only become inter, introduced to them as a coach and mentor and business um, advisor, but it's the other one, the top one there. The so play that one. Let me let you listen okay. to this. And then let's, Painter let's wants to make money painting. That is different than somebody wanting to start a painting business. And so one is a business career. The other is a technician career. And a lot of people, and that's actually a really big one. A lot of people who are technicians love the craft and hate the business. And they need to decide whether they want to be business people or they want to be technicians. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. They just need to decide for themselves and then stop their expectations about having both. Because the businessman wishes he could paint all day. The painter wishes he could make the money of the businessman. That's it. Yes. So, you know, it just kind of rung true for me. It's like, and, and listen, our car dealer people are not necessarily, you know, we're not talking about painter technicians, but they do something that I was told 40 plus years ago, just be careful about trying to make a passion into a business. Like sometimes it's not enough. Like we're, and, and, you know, I realize as I say this, you know, we got buy here, pay here dealers are mostly our listeners. And if they hear this, I think, no, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to think, how can I do the parts that I enjoy and have bring other people into my team that will let me scale the business. So as somebody said to me, that's bandwidth. Well, I don't have enough people. Well, bandwidth is just a function of capital, right? So if you, if you, obviously it's hard to find the people, right? We know that's tough, but if you, if you had the capital, then you would be able to capitalize your business in a way that you would hire the necessary people to do the stuff. Not saying it happens overnight. It takes time to do these things, but that's part of what this March event is about for me. And that's part of what, you know, we wanted to talk about this morning is I know it's possible. I, we didn't ask you, Brent, like, you know, absenteeism can be done. You've seen it done successfully. Mark, you the same thing it can be done. Yet we meet a lot of dealers that say, I, I'll never get there. Or that say, I really wish I could yeah. like your friend, but yeah, you know, do I they know how to? The part that troubles me too about that, and I'll give you a chance, Mark, to jump in there. So I just would say too that the other part of this is the the impact on families. Like the the you have to have a personal life, and so when when you know because that's what happened with my own business years ago when I was in retail sporting goods business, I had to close the business. It was just killing me. I was working all the time. My kids were young, and I just enough, you know. And so, uh, so Mark, what are your thoughts on that? Like about <clears throat> going to that? I think I won't say his. Uh, aspect of this, but I'll say the majority of people that I talk to, it's more fear driven. Um, they're fearful of walking away. Uh, and that maybe been ingrained in that person or that owner since they were 13, 14, 15 years old working at the dealership with their dad because their dad did everything. So right. therefore they're now emulating everything that their dad did in a totally different area or era of their life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Most like what I counsel people to do, and it's just more of a counseling than more than teaching. When you have a banker's meeting, take either your succession planning person, your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, take them with you. Start to develop the lingo so the banker knows them. If you have to meet or hire or fire or someone like that uh, outside, the CPA, anything, the attorney, take that person with you um, and start to learn for them to adapt into your world. Therefore, if you, we always picture the rosy part, right? Let's go on vacation, let's go to the lake house. But what if something catastrophic happens? You have a stroke, a heart attack, other things where you're mentally incapable of running the dealership, but yet your family is still needing that income to come in. Right. You better have a backup plan for yeah. something to happen. 
We sure. see that happen and we have different clients that have had those experiences and, and it's like, uh, I don't ever want to get faced with something like that ever again because well, it was just havoc or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes word on the street gets out and those mm -hmm. people will, depends on your demographic, but they could stop paying the note. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're not going to come get me. Well, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden people stop paying the note because the patriarch or the driver is not in that seat anymore. Now, Hey, come get me if you want the car. And yeah. it turns into a little bit of a fiasco. If you don't have someone who can step in with some sort of authority and to be yeah. able to take over to assume the note collections. So thoughts dad on that, Brent. God. Really nothing to add on that. I mean, Mark Mark kind of covered everything completely, but I do think absenteeism is easier at scale than it is when you're smaller. I, I just do because there's there's even a financial aspect to it, right? I mean, if I'm the owner and I'm doing, let's say, 25, 30 cars a month, so kind of a, a mid-level or a smaller dealer, for me to step out, I've got to have somebody in that GM or sales manager position mm -hmm. And does my business really justify that kind of an expense? To your point, Jim, I mean, you know, I can't pay somebody X number of dollars to kind of fill in that role and me still take, you know, maybe necessarily what I want out of the business from a salary or, or whatever, as far as compensation is concerned. Um, yeah. But I do think it does get easier. And my experience has been as dealers get busier, bigger, they do come out of the business more because again, they've kind of got that org chart. Well, now I've got a GSM and I've got this and I can step out and I'm not a cliche guy, but one of the things you mentioned, you know, work with a lot of the larger dealers on working on the business, not in the business, right? I mean, we've heard that cliche a lot and that's kind of the point we wanted to get to when, when it gets to where you're working on it and not having to, you know, be a decision maker and sign some checks and look over all these things. And yes, it gives you a little bit more, um, Right. And the personal aspect that Mark mentioned, I think, is probably not really not looked at enough. And I can just say from my personal experience back in the day, it was one of those that my wife at one point had to, you know, look, set me down and say, look, we got to do something about this. It's, you know, if you come home, you seven o'clock at night, we don't get to see the kids, but for five minutes and then you're in your office working. And my whole thing was, well, yeah, but I've got six locations and we've got to, you know, I mean, it's got to have, and again, the hardest lesson I ever learned as a manager was actually the less that I do, the more valuable I become. And mm -hmm. that's just not how we're wired. That, that's just not how any of us are brought up. It's, mm -hmm. you know, if you know everything and can do everything, that adds value. And yeah. then, like I said, it, it was about the time that we sold the business that you realize that, hey, look, if, I, if the business, if I go away tomorrow, the business still needs to be able to operate at or maybe not better than what it does with me there, but at least add, it doesn't sacrifice. Beautiful. And when you get yeah. to that point, that's when it makes it easier to, you know, maybe play a little more golf. I need a lower handicap, you know, so maybe I can get out and do a little bit more of that. Right. You know, we've, we've, uh, I think it was last August or mm -hmm. September that we did every Monday, we did a, a reoccurring and series about on, Management Monday is what mm -hmm. we called it because we love having names for things. Um, but it was on how to carve out the time. If you're the small to the medium dealer, how do you carve out the time so that you can be spending, even if it's a half an hour, an hour, two hours a week, whatever it is, on your business instead of in your business? And so we went through the, you know, to keep a journal. And But it is, it's even the busiest of dealers have time to work on their business. 
I think, um, because there's so much that, that, that they might be doing that. It's like, that really is a thing that you could pass off to your, your, um, your salesperson out there that is, doesn't have anything to do right now. And, or, or you don't need to be watching the numbers 18 times during the day. You can just like once a day, and that's going to carve out an extra 10 or 15 minutes right there. But there's, there is, even those that ha are really busy, there is, there are times when you get smart about how you're using your time. Yeah. And I would also yeah. say uh, Chuck Banana was on the show not long ago and he shared um, that he sometimes finds himself having to say to dealers, that particular function is below your pay grade. You know, like that's, that's something to hand <laughs> yeah. off. So that's kind of the point of what Michelle's making. Why don't we roll that other video and then oh, I have yeah, something I else to share. This is from Rob Luna. Right. Can your business function without you? No. Yeah. It's the first ask, thing I ask entrepreneurs, and um, most of them will tell me no. I said, okay. And then some of them will tell me, yeah, probably. I said, okay. Second question, can your business grow without you? And then most of them will then say no. And so the idea is how do you create a business that is able to function first and then grow without you being in there? Because if you haven't done that, you've really just bought yourself a job. And so the whole idea about creating a business that has enterprise value is it becomes your largest asset when you do it correctly. And I think it can scale is the part. And the other thing I would say on this is in my years of traveling, much like what you've done, I've been across the country and you too, Mark, for that matter. It's like when you, when you visit enough dealerships or other businesses, even for that matter, one of the things I came to realize is there's a ton of people out there that are way better at day-to-day -day management than I'm going to be. And so why wouldn't I put those people at the helm of my business? Of course, I have to have safeguards and I have to have security controls and I have to make sure that it's my business and it's my responsibility to keep, you know, tabs on the performance of the business. But wow, the day-to-day -day management, I just meet so many people that are far better at that than, than I would be. And so why wouldn't I go find and recruit somebody who can run my business well and let me, you know, maybe I develop other interest. Maybe I go invest in real estate. We know a lot of dealers do that, but it gives you time to go pursue other things and, and let somebody else run the business that is, you know, needs to grow. Mark, you had something to add there? Well, even if they can't even go do that on a larger scale, on a smaller scale, you can set up time on your schedule. I'm blocked off for an hour mm -hmm. a week. I mean, that's, that's, you know, the worst case scenario. I'd block off 30 minutes to an hour a day. Yeah. Um, one, just for mental freedom. My goodness, give yourself a break. Go to lunch. A lot yeah. of dealers, I find out, they don't leave their office or their, their dealership all day. Yeah. You, can't, you can't, God didn't make you, he didn't make your mind to operate that way. You, you need a mental break. You need to step away mm -hmm. and take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage people to do that. If you do nothing else, set up a time where maybe you just go to lunch, get off campus. Yeah. yeah. And go and take a deep breath, relax. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, you own this business. We're working now with a, with a guy uh, in another state. I th he graduated from, I, I want to say Georgia Tech in a uh, aerospace aeronautics degree or something like that. I mean, off the charts. In yeah. <laughs> he is not a car guy. He is a business guy who mm -hmm. owns car lots. Yep. And it's uniquely different. Ah. Um, you know, it is just a total switch of the paradigm of what he thinks about and the way he runs his business. And he's huge. Uh, yeah. He just thinks about it in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's what was my counsel. If you take nothing else away from this, 
if you take away, just have some mental freedom yeah. and create some, maybe some relaxation, do something you enjoy for a little bit. Um, my wife told me, and I, and I've done it uh, this year. It, it may not be, maybe not how you grow the business, but I've gotten other people involved uh, tremendously to, to what Brent said. I, I don't have to know everything. I have to be able to teach others to let them run. And, you know, this, this year I've taken off every Friday from 11 o'clock, uh, every Friday this year, I've all my calendar is off at 11 o'clock and I go play golf every Friday. Um, I know. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to afford to do that because I would spend more in golf balls than I would if I were working. So yeah. And a little bit of that, even when I'm out there, my phone's still on, I'm still working. If something comes up, I do it, but it's something I look forward to all week. There you and go. it makes me a better person come yeah. Monday morning. Uh, but, it really does. Yeah, Brent, I would share with you that um, Michelle and I, some of the work that we've done in the last year or so in particular, we've worked with some clients where we, we ask, especially when we're working with somebody new, we take them through this exercise where we want them to make time and even involve their spouse to do a three-year vision for their business. And it takes sometimes takes weeks for them to get enough time to themselves to really get a vision that we can yeah. work with. You and know? you say, so, get out of your out of your dealership and preferably get out of your home and just go somewhere where you can think golf course is a great place where you can think about the things that matter to you, where you don't have the interruptions. You don't have the, the, um, the, the nagging, I mean, turn off your phone for just a few minutes because I promise you everyone will still live. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like working. Like, what are we working toward? We're Mm -hmm. all working hard out there, but do we, do we have clear vision? Do we have clarity around where we're going with our company, where we want to go? And mm-hmm. so that's why we ask them to get there. Yeah. And, and we want that to include their personal life. Like we think if yeah. you ignore the personal life, then, then that you, you pay a price for that at some point down yeah. the line and, and you end up, uh, you know, hurting and, and making a change in your And if you direction. don't have that vision, then when you're carving out that time during the day, during the week that you're going to work on your business, if you don't have the vision, you don't know what you should be working on. Um, and so it's like, have a vision, be really clear about what you want to do. And then during those times that you spend working on your business, work on things to get you there, work on the things that get you there. And I think a lot of people don't know who they are Mm. Um, or what they want. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause I I get that a lot with, well, I want to be 15 million in a receivable. Okay. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, what does 15 million get you that 12 doesn't or Uh I don't know. I just got to be bigger. Okay. Why? Or, you know, just tell me what it is that you want. And then we work with you to your point, Jim, on the model that gets you there. I want more time Mm -hmm. off. Okay, great. Then we need to start hiring and developing people Mm -hmm. on a day to day. So you can take time away from the business Mm -hmm. or, you know, I want this retirement. Great. Let's do that. And time management, I think is, it, we're humans. I think that's our biggest fallacy for all of us. We don't manage our time well. And we know that's our problem. Um, and too many times I see to-do lists on Monday morning of 16 things. And they go, yep, this is all I got to do today. Mm-hmm. When they get through eight of them, eight of them don't get done. And they still got another 16 for Tuesday. Now Tuesday becomes 24. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. those are some of the things that, that I've been doing more of that, more management consulting and training probably over the last couple of years than I did for the first, you know, 14 that I was with NCM. It's more, how do we manage our time so I can step away, play more golf every Friday at 11 o'clock. You're in the same room with me right now. I, I play less golf now than when I worked for a living, for God's sakes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tired now. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, though, that's I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. And I hate to say it, but you know, we kind of make fun of the the new millennials and what our employees are like, and they're more uh, they're it's more important for them to have quality time with their family than it is earnings potential. I mean, we know those yes. things. Yeah. But, you know, I, I hate to say it, but they kind of that's that's kind of true, right? I mean, we need that life balance, like Mark said, even if it's a half hour a day. And I always encourage, you know, lunch hours for employees just to get away from the phone for the hour or whatever it is. And it should be the same thing as the ownership. As well. we've, we've been talking a bit about, as you know, as we're talking about hiring people is that within your culture of your business, create something that they can stand behind a purpose, a purpose of what your business is doing. And because people, people love a paycheck, but they love a purpose even more than a paycheck nowadays. And it's like, what is, yeah, well, it's easy for the guys that have, you know, 50, 60, 70 employees. I I think the ones that struggle are that six employee, right? I mean, that guy, that owner operator, that single point where, you know, that's all they've ever known is to Mark's point earlier, you know, my dad did it his way. He was in the dealership Mm -hmm. six days a week. This is just what we do. Yeah. And some of them, and I've heard this and I know Mark has too. Well, this is my quality of life. This is what I enjoy doing. I mean, I just came from a a 20 group meeting and we had a member candidate. So, you know, everybody has to introduce themselves and it's, you know, what are your hobbies? Mm -hmm. 75% of the room said, this is my hobby. My business is my hobby. This is what I enjoy doing. I don't see me doing anything else. Okay. I think that's kind of where that, that fine line is, is, uh, can we do it or can we not? I think more of it's between the years to me than anything else. And that's okay. It is. Ask your wife. Yeah. Uh, that's that's why when we have them do this through your vision, say take your partner with you yeah. on this journey. Because yeah. they, as we've done this with mm-hmm. spouses, the spouses are saying, honey, I just wish you could spend more time at home. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. And tell people, yeah. you know, we all work with most of the time mature dealerships and their life is ever changing. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are now the reason you became an owner or you, you know, came into the thing is so you didn't have to work for anybody else. Yeah. That's the glory of it. Sure. You can do whatever you want to do. That's me. I own the business. I've never missed a kid's baseball game, a girl's volleyball game. That's I don't true. miss those things. Cause that's, what's important. Now we have a granddaughter. I wouldn't miss anything in the world. She's it's coming, over today. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> coming over today at three o'clock. I'm leaving work at two 30 to go home and be there at three o'clock. That's why I think the family becomes so important. Yeah. Um, and the owner needs to know who you are. You, you are create created either you as a visionary, which typically is an owner, you have the long-term vision of what you want to succeed. Then okay. there's managers who work really hard in the business and then there's employees. Yeah. So who are you? Who do you, going back to the first clip you showed, are you an owner who has a manager's mentality? Right. Yeah. Probably. That's, That's most people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you've got to at least take some of your time and become a visionary while the rest of your time may be a manager, but you need right. to become a little bit of a visionary. That's good. I think that's, you know, when I think about this event in March and when we talk about enterprise value, mm-hmm. I struggled so much to figure out what's the, what are the phrases? What do we, how do we describe this event? You know, and for me, if we're successful in helping dealers create that enterprise value, it does a couple things for them. One, we hope it makes their business more profitable and successful. Second, 
I would say it gives them the opportunity to be away from their business more. When they, when they create these pieces and create this enterprise value, it gives them a chance to be away more. And then the third one for me would be, we create a business that has a chance to produce income into retirement. So think about us being retired fully and having that business still produce income. We're not selling off the assets. We're the business still running, it's performing. Yeah. And so we've got the opportunity to continue. So I, I think Mark, when I think about, cause I know you work a lot in exit planning and succession mm -hmm. work. Like I think the, the best case scenario for us would be to help create a business that can survive us that, that, you know, you can transfer to someone else and have them enjoy value and income and you can, you know, realize your income from it. So that to me, if I think about what does enterprise look, enterprise value look like to me, it's like, it's helping dealers position themselves so that they are business owners. They do create something that functions without them standing in the building every day. And uh, not everybody will choose that, but for the ones who would like to get there, we'd like to, you know, we're bringing all the experts trying to help them the event is not just about like those that are bigger and want to retire. It's like, there's going to be some really good information about systems and processes, about all of those pieces that help your business, even if you choose to be there to run more effectively, mm -hmm. to be more, you know, have better flow and all of the things. So sure. it, it, it will, it'll be awesome. So enough yeah. of the pitching for the March 30th, you guys are both going to be there. Yeah. So thank, um, you, for thank you for that. Glad you're going to make time and, for that. Um, we know we can do a lot of good. We're going to thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate um, you being willing to do this and, and uh, just like really, again, love you guys. And, um, and, and I, and I love that. Yeah. I love him too, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I'm on the uh, list. I'm, on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really, I, I hope that everyone listening kind of got a better feel for, you know, are you working in your business on your business? Are you a manager? Are you a business owner? Are it just, you know, what do you want? And getting clear, everybody that's listening out there in listener land, the first way to figure out what it is you are is to know what you want. And, you know, like, what do you want? And if you want to be in there buying every day and then closing the deal and underwriting the stuff, then that's, you know, let's just make it easier for you to do that. But, um, yeah. you know, we just, we just see a lot of people. Any want something final thoughts from different. you, Brent? No, not, Michelle, I summed it up probably perfectly right there. You just, too many of them truly don't know, I think, what it is that they want or they don't think it's achievable, one of the two, because that's what they've always done. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like I said, a lot of the work I've done over the last couple of years, and maybe it was COVID and a lot of people looking at exit strategies and maybe selling the business, maybe that was more the focus for a lot of the owner ops going down that path. Uh, but there's been a lot of it. And, and again, it just starts with that simply, what is it that you want? Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to get out. I want to play golf every Friday at 11 o'clock. Great. <laughs> that's what you want then yes let's sit down and work out the plan to get you there for you and the other thing to mark's point is if you're going to do that and i know he said he would do some stuff while he was out there but to mm -hmm. me i would you know i'd want to set them up that hey come 11 o'clock you don't answer that if they're asking you what should we pay for this car what should we put in this trade should we do this deal or not your your responsibility is to train those people that they know what it is already yeah. um, should you know at some point empower them to make the decision and my my thing as a manager was always well if mark called me and said brent what do you think about this deal my first question was mark what do you think about this deal uh, yeah right instead of answering the question just say what do you think and most of the time they knew what they were doing so yeah. Um, but most of the dealers I know are control freaks and it's more <laughs> right here for them to let go that they just assume that no matter what, if somebody makes a decision, the world will come to an entire end. 
if they're yeah. not there to answer the question. That's, true. that's the same cases, thing. They're not. That's yeah. the same thing I used to ask my managers. What do you think? And they would say it, and I would say, that's a terrible idea. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Oh, Jim would go, you're fired. How dare you say something that stupid? I don't know why we even hired you. <laughs> yeah, last time Mark, did you want to say anything yeah. before we let you go? And I gave, I, I brought on some guys. I expanded my team who had expertise who could help me out. And I am a control freak. I, I am. I used to manage everything. I've grown my business. It's my name. It's my reputation. But I've allowed them to take parts of ownership. I've allowed them to do stuff. And I've allowed that to happen. It has not been easy. So I'm speaking yeah. firsthand sure. on what to do. I will do this uh, in closing. If you want to work on your business, if you're a dealer and listening to this, unequivocally, Jim and Michelle Brent wow. are the leaders in this industry. Wow, they are you. hosting something that you need to set aside some time to invest in your business. And that's the event coming up with Jim and Michelle. There's no excuse not to do that. We have time to plan for it. You can put, you can take some time off. If you want to take the steps and learn how to invest in your business and learn some of these things of having some peace and some mental freedom, it starts with that event. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. I would sign yeah. up for that event and I would log into that and listen to the people who are trying to help you take in order to achieve a goal. You have to take the first step. Let that be your first step. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. I know Brent shares that thing. We just, we're interested in success of dealers, like, you mm -hmm. know, and ultimately they're consumers. So, you know, that's, that's what it's about for us. So we mm -hmm. hope people come and, and, uh, and learn something that will help them improve their business for sure. So thank you for that. Well, you guys want to hold on, uh, stay in backstage, and then we'll uh, we'll chat with you just for a minute after we yeah. after we close the show. Thanks again, guys, oh, so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, um, just uh, to let y'all know, if you are thinking about coming until March 9th, we do have a hundred and twenty five off, um, and so it's the coupon code is. Early bird morning show, one word. Early bird morning show, one word. So it's ever, you know, I'm sorry. I'm the one that created the codes. Yeah. And apparently I'm looking at Brent backstage and he's like, that's long. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. the best you can do. Which by the way, uh, I don't think Brent's got, I saw a comment come into the feed that uh -huh. you share the one up here that says, I don't know if Brent, I don't think Brent's got Facebook, but maybe his wife does. BC, best moderator in the business. So, yeah, nice. yeah. So, that. and, and actually, just is. really appreciate so much both of you being here. Anything before we close? Not for me. Okay. No, we're good. All right. Well, we will see you guys on Wednesday, White Hat Wednesday. And I hope you guys have a great start of your week. Thanks so much for joining. And we'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs>